Hey everyone and welcome back to Bible Basics and Beyond. I'm your host, Jaden Gomez, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join me for another brand new episode. And today we're interviewing Pastor Jemima Varghese, Senior Associate at Kingdom City. You're in for a treat. She spoke such truth and such amazing things, and I hope you learned something. So stay tuned for the interview. Hey everyone and welcome back to Bible Basics and Beyond. I'm your host, Jaden Gomez, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join me for another brand new episode. And this week you're in for a treat because I have Pastor Jemima Varghese, who is the Senior Associate at Kingdom City Church. Um, she married Pastor Mark Varghese, the Senior Pastor of Kingdom City in 2007, joining him 18 months into this God journey. Together they share a passion and burden to bring the reality of God to our world across multiple cultures. In a ministry, she leads Kingdom City Communications Limited, a media production house designed to bring media to Christian ministries. She's also written, produced, and directed in-depth curriculum for youth and for kids that are being taught worldwide. She is a creative communicator and anointed leader and wholeheartedly champions the young genera- generations. It is my great pleasure to have Pastor Jemima join me on Bible Basics and beyond. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Jaden. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. So my first question for you is, you know, how did you become a Christian? Well, I was born into a missionary family. So my family were missionaries in the Philippines. And so uh, both my parents were pastors. My grandparents were pastors. So I kind of grew up in the ministry, grew up living in Asia and uh, was there till I was 18 years old. So I always knew about God. Uh, but I probably I didn't start a personal relationship to, with him until I was uh, about five years old. But then uh, when I was 18, I went away from the Lord for a while. And uh, I didn't come back till about 25 years old. And so that's when I really got serious about God and the call of God on my life. So, yeah, that's probably in a snapshot my story of how I became a Christian. <laughs> Wow. And in this like walk that you've had with God, like you said, you started at a young age um, and you just said that you moved away from God. Like, did you have any doubts? Like even then and then now you like now where you are, do you have have you had any doubts? And if so, how did you overcome them? Um, I don't think I ever had any doubts about God not being real. I always mm-hmm. knew God was real. I had seen him work since I was a child and I'd been witness to many supernatural miracles. So I knew there was always a God. And so the time when I walked away from him, I really felt like Jonah running away uh, more than denying his existence. So if I ever went to church during that season, I would cry a lot in church because I knew that God um, was real and was full of love. I just was deceived into thinking that the party life and the worldly life was an easier life. Mm. But I soon discovered that it only leads to heartache and pain. And it's actually not an easy life. The devil sells you a lie. And so that's why I came back uh, to the Lord. And so 
I've never had any doubts whether he exists or not. I always have known he exists. I just probably had doubts about um, doing the Christian life, that mm. it would be hard, but it's actually not hard. It's actually way easier than doing it my own way. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, you know, you're talking about that you, now you've come back and now you have such a, I think, such a close relationship with God. And a lot of us want to have that. So how can we cultivate a strong, personal and intimate walk with God? So like one of the, what are those steps that we can take to have this relationship with him? Yeah, I think it's what you eat. You know, it's, it's everything spiritual is also natural. So, you know, in the natural, when you eat really badly, mm. you become unhealthy. That's same with the spiritual. So when you eat badly spiritually, you become unhealthy. But when you eat well spiritually, you become healthy. So mm. it's, you know, filling yourself up with good stuff, good music, good YouTube shows like this or podcasts like this, um, good books and things that stir your appetite and your faith for more. That cultivates an intimacy with the Lord and, and getting a hunger for the things uh of, of him instead of a hunger for the world. And I think when you feed your appetite, good, healthy, spiritual food, your intimacy with the Lord is a byproduct of that. Amen. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, we always talk about once you have that relationship with God, we can learn how to hear his voice. How have you learned to recognize God's voice or his leading in your life? I've probably been privileged to have known the Lord's voice since I was a little girl. I've always had the Holy Spirit uh, be in my ear. And even when I was away from the Lord, the Holy Spirit would still talk crazy mm. enough. But um, I think it was something I probably was in an atmosphere in my family where it was very natural to mm. hear the voice of the Lord. But I do know that the voice of the Lord sounds very much like the Bible. So to know his voice is to know his word. And just like I say to people, uh, they go, how do you know the voice of the Lord? I say, well, if we were sitting in this room, I'm in a room right now, and somebody called my name outside, if it was your mother, Jaden, mm -hmm. I wouldn't know who she was because I don't have conversations with your mother. I don't know what she sounds like. I've never seen her. We don't have a relationship. But if it was my mother, I would know exactly who she is, what she's probably dressed in, and why she's calling me because I have a relationship with her. And that's the voice of the Lord. It's having a it's developing a relationship through the word of God. He sounds like the word of God. He doesn't contradict himself with the word of God. And so I that's how I probably know his voice. It's very much like the word that you're reading, the Bible that you read. Sounds like that, comes from that angle. And so that's how I know, yeah. I would say if you want to hear the voice of God, know your Bible, know the word of God, because that is a great foundation to hear his voice. Amen. Having that foundation is so important. Um, now, you know, we, we know a lot about how like God can speak in many ways. He can speak to us through his word. He can speak, uh, as we see in the Old Testament, he spoke audibly. He can speak in signs and wonders. So do you think how we hear God's voice is a good gauge of our closeness with him? I don't know if it's a gauge of how close you are or how much you're tuning into him. See, he's always talking, but are you always listening? And so, again, it's about distraction and confusion and what are you feeding yourself? Because if you're tuned into the voice of the Lord, you will be able to experience him. But if you're not tuned in, 
then you won't. For example, your imagination is a gift from God. He mm. gave you your imagination for a couple of things to have encounters with him. You can imagine talking to him, imagine going to heaven. That's a gift. You, he gave you the imagination to create and invent and things like that. But what the devil has done is taken our imagination and twisted it and used it for bad. So we need to reclaim our imagination so that we can connect with God again through our imagination, through his voice, through his word. And I don't think um, hearing the voice of God, if someone says, oh, I don't hear the voice of God, it must mean I'm far away from him. I don't think that's true at all. I think it's just tuning in. The Bible says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. All you got to do is draw near. It doesn't matter how many years you've known him or, you know, you just draw near to him and he will draw near to you. And so I think that's just people get all caught up with, I've got to go through levels to hear the voice mm. of the Lord. No, you don't. Children hear the voice of the Lord all the time. They come and talk to me. There's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. So I think it's what you're tuning into as to whether you hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. That's so true. Um, I wanted to move on to like, you know, you're being a pastor and like people coming up to you and a lot of people have preconceived notions of what a pastor should be or should do. So what do you see as the most important part of your role as a pastor? I think in this day and age, a pastor is more than just someone who preaches and shepherds or counsels people. At Kingdom Sea, we're a global organization. So most of my week is spent in meetings with media editors and audio engineers and projects and, and filming and content is really not mm. much counseling people. I don't actually counsel people, right? I'm more in an organization point of view of uh, doing, we've just launched a school. So we're doing that as well. So a pastor these days and all our pastors wear multiple hats. So they may preach and they may um, disciple in a connect group and stuff, but then they also have the other side of the the job of budgets and admin and accounts and events and, you know, all that stuff that uh, most people working do. So when people think I'm a pastor, they think maybe I read the Bible all day, seven days a week, and then float on stage and give a <laughs> word. No, it's not like that at all. I probably, yeah. Um, I mean, I have my own personal devotion with the Lord and I love, love that. But then um, I'm real passionate about helping people, uh, find freedom so that they can um, don't have to be dependent on mentors, but they can be mentored by the Holy Spirit themselves. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And how do you juggle like the so many responsibilities that you were just saying? Like, do you feel sometimes you're falling behind and how do you cope on like your down days? Well, I'm, you always are uh, falling behind if you um, hold yourself up to a high standard, but I don't hold myself up to a high standard. So mm. I don't have that pressure. So there are deadlines I'm sometimes bad at keeping and uh, some things are late, but you know, I really rely on the Holy spirit and rely on him to help me focus on what I need to focus on. So he's like, mm. I want you to focus more on family in this season. Okay. I want you to focus more on kids. I want you to focus more on youth. Or I just go really with the voice of the Holy spirit to be able to know uh, what stuff to do. So in juggling, I, I don't feel I juggle. I just feel like I've got the best team in the world and I uh, manage very much all hands on deck. And so uh, I think uh, as a team, we hit goals, but we heavily rely on prayer and, 
and rely on the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so mm-hmm. if you um, compartmentalize your life, you will always feel like you are losing out in one area of your life. But when you rely on the Holy Spirit moving forward, you sometimes put more effort into one place than the other and then the other. And I don't feel bad if I'm putting effort into this and this is not getting done. I'm not bad about it because I know I'll get mm-hmm. to it. And so it's not a striving. It's just a thriving in the voice of the Holy Spirit and a grace to do it. If I leave, I feel the grace leaves, it means uh, then I should get out of whatever I'm doing, that God doesn't want me in that lane. So then I'll get out of that lane if it's something that I'm involved in that I can feel I shouldn't, uh, my grace is lifted. I stay within the grace. Amen. Wow. Like just that leading of the Holy Spirit that helps you. It's such, such an amazing thing. And I don't um, yeah. um, have down days. I, I I think if you have a down day, it means you've agreed with the enemy about something to make you feel down. I have restful days, and I love those days. And that's spending time with my family and, um, you know, reading a book I love to read. And so that would be probably what I'd spend. And drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the mama. Yeah. Going to... Yes. Uh, our local Natikanda up the road. That's oh, yeah. That's what I enjoy. Nothing like a good Natikanda and a nice coffee. Yeah. Yes. And I, I, my next question is I always ask this question in all my interviews, but I want to know for you how do you know that God exists? Like, what, what do you see as the clearest evidence for God? Well, it's like asking me, how do you know the wind exists? Well, I see the wind move the trees. And I feel the wind and I've experienced the wind. So I, therefore I know that the wind exists. It's the same with God. I've seen God move in signs, wonders, and miracles. And um, I felt God. I feel him in church. I feel him in the presence of God. I feel him when I meet with him. He just kind of comes around. He talks to me. And so I know he exists. I've seen him uh, work in people in unbelievable um, ways. And I would say, if you don't believe God, if you have doubts about God, be around someone who's doing deliverance uh, with demons and you will know that there is a God because you see how they act when they see angels in the room with you or Jesus in the room and they start panicking. There is a God and even the demons are afraid of him. And so that along with unbelievable healings that we've seen and miracles, there's no way that there's no God. And even I recently went to a DNA doctor to look at my DNA and the way he was explaining my DNA, I was like, oh my gosh, there is a God. There's no way your body could be programmed the way it is just by accident. There was a creative mind that created that. And look at creation. You can see only God does color schemes the way God does. All the animals have a beautiful color scheme. Nature has a beautiful color scheme. And God's nature and hills and trees and oceans, of course there's a God. You see his artwork everywhere. So there's no way I would ever doubt there isn't a God. I can see him everywhere. I feel him um, in everything. And so, yeah. I would say if you feel doubts about it, ask the Lord to open your eyes. You'll be surprised. Amen. I love that. I love that so much. It's so amazing. Um, You know, we're just like, I guess I could say coming out of this COVID pandemic. What do you think COVID has done to the body of Christ? Like being a pastor of Kingdom City during COVID, it must have been challenging. How has it impacted like Kingdom City specifically, I guess? 
I think personally it impacted us a lot because we were in Perth, but our biggest city is KL. And so we didn't mm. get to see our staff for two years. And when I left Malaysia in February 2020, I thought I was only going for three weeks. So I left all my clothes, everything, because I didn't imagine what was going to happen. So I think the shock personally. And then, okay, we'll be back after Easter. Okay, we'll be back after Christmas. Okay, we'll be back after the next year. Like, when is this going to open? Yeah. And our church didn't meet for two years in KL, um, which was very hard because it's our largest campus. And so um, that was really, really hard uh, for personally, I think, um, missing all our family and our team and our staff over there. Um, but um, in regards to KM City, even though it was challenging, we grew so much. We we started Auckland, we started South Africa, we started Hong Kong, we launched a school, we built two studios, like we just thrived in the crisis. We wrote songs, we wrote kids curriculum, youth curriculum, like we were busy and um, we grew, uh, yeah, fast through COVID. So I think um, it didn't um, impact Kingdom City in a negative way at all. It only accelerated our uh, leadership because we had strong foundations in connect groups and prayer. We were not tying people around an event on a Sunday. So that's why we didn't fall apart like other churches, mm. because we have connect groups and prayer is our, our two foundations that we heavily rely on. So you can take our gatherings away and we won't fall apart because we still do discipleship in connect groups and we pray. We pray so much. So I think um, that is what, when the storm hit, we rode the storm and we're able mm. to accelerate in our online presence. We launched an online campus. We didn't have one before. We were able to launch that as well. Hey Amen. That's so amazing how God can work in like these, these tough moments and how, yeah. like, even though like we're all divided in terms of like not being together, the connect groups in Kingdom City, like you still have that connection with people who have yeah. that, who is part of the same church, who's part of the same belief, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for and sure. You, yeah. And you know, I loved your message at the beginning of this year um, on no weapon. Um, it was so inspiring. It, it, there's so many truths in it that people need to hear. So if you could just like share a little bit about that passage of scripture, because like I said, it was an amazing, comforting, and it's so important to know. Yeah. Um, no weapon comes from the scripture, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And it came from a time in my life where I allowed fear to prosper in my life. Fear can dictate the way you live, who you marry, what you study, where you live, how much you get involved in in church, how much you give to God. Fear can has a big uh, uh, control, can have a big control over us. And as I was reading that scripture, I realized I had allowed fear to dictate so many decisions of my life. And I realized mm -hmm. I'm letting it prosper. So I need to stop letting it prosper. I need to stop agreeing with fear and disagree with it and start agreeing with the word of God. And so whenever fear came to me, I would declare no weapon, uh, which was a reminder to me of that scripture that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Weapons might be mm -hmm. formed, but they cannot prosper. And so we did these like little um, bands. I always wear mine, no weapon bands. 
to remind me when I look down at it, it reminds me of the word of God so that whenever I feel afraid or I feel scared, I can declare that and the fear has to go like that. So that's probably the nut in a nutshell, what the reason why I did that message. And that's a real life message for me. I, I go everywhere and speak that message. Amen. Like I said, it was so great. It's so inspiring. And yeah. Did you I'm get so a glad. band, Jaden? Did you get a band? Oh, I wanted to, but I feel like when I went, it, the line was so long. I was like, oh gosh, I feel like I should just get it online and then just get it delivered here. I was we like, will oh my, send I would, you yeah. a band. We'll send you one. Oh my goodness. One. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, guys will send you one. But yeah, the lines do go crazy. We've had people stand <laughs> for hours waiting. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And like all those testimonies that you were talking about in your message where they were wearing the no weapon band, they were like shown on the news. I was like so amazed at like the amazingness yeah. of God and really how no weapon formed against us can prosper. Yeah. I mean, I did that message in person this last month. I went around all our campuses and we sold these bands and every week someone's sending in a, a DM telling us of incredible stories of when that crisis is hit and they've looked down and seen their band and then have yelled it out. This is just in the last month. Um, yeah. And how God has come through for them. So yeah, it's so good. Amazing. Amazing. Um, you know, around the world, this is a little bit more like a really serious, but yeah. around the world, we see pastors condemning other pastors for various different uh, differences in beliefs or practices. Like, what do you say to this, to this condemning, um, of other uh, pastors and people? Well, I think um, one thing that I find sad about the Christian faith is that we are the only religion that suffers from the audio, autoimmune disease. Autoimmune mm. disease is when your body attacks itself. And you don't see people in the Muslim religion or the Buddhist religion or the Hindus religion going online and attacking other temples and priests and on a public scale, you don't see that, but mm. you do see that in the Christian faith where everyone thinks it's their right to get up publicly and give their opinion about another pastor or uh, what they don't agree with. And it's not just pastors doing it. All Christians now think they have the ability and the right to rip people off. I mean, people do it about me. They, they, they public, go public about me and things they don't agree with and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so sad because the Bible says the world will know them in John. It says the world will know them by their love for one another. The world will know you by the love you have for one another. And so when we attack each other, we're not loving each other. And so the world is not seeing God through that. And maybe there are issues. Maybe there are things we don't agree with. But social media is not the forum to go public and air our dirty laundry to the world and say, hey, look at them. You know, I just I just cannot believe how many times everybody gets on the bandwagon and have all their commentaries and their podcasts and stuff uh, ripping off um, churches and pastors when they don't know the whole story. Mm. They're not under the enemy's attack. They haven't they don't know what it's like to wrestle a devil. And yet they have a lot of opinions on it. So I'm very careful not to judge anybody. It's not um, because what you judged on, you will be judged. Mm. So you know what? It's between them and God. 
And um, I definitely don't think it's good to do it publicly. Now, if a pastor is doing something really bad, you know, and it's whatever, that should be dealt with, but offline, not online, in front of the world, not, you know, the nakedness shown in front of everyone. And I think that's really sad that us Christians are the most divided faith. You know, we're just so divided compared to all the other religions. And a house that is divided cannot stand. Yeah, that's so true. In in a world where we should be united with one another, sharing with one another, loving one another, it's sad to see such things happening. But the enemy knows this. That's why he divides us all the time. He knows if yeah. the Christians all got united, he'd have no chance. So he's constantly sowing weapons in our I, about division. Even in families, he does it in families. He does it in churches. He does it in Christians. He does it everywhere because he knows mm -hmm. the power of disunity and the power mm -hmm. of unity. And so we've just got to fight for unity and fight and pray for those people that we don't agree with or, or whatever they're saying. We need to pray about it and, and ask the Lord to come in and do something because God loves his church way more than us. And people uh, get worried that, Pastors will take churches off page and do church. But God loves his church. He will come in. I've seen it time and time again. He comes in at the right time. He does the work and we just have to trust trust God. Amen. At the right time, at the right place, God will work. Right. That's right. Yeah. And just this, finally, this one last question I have is mm -hmm. just, what is, you know, we're entering this new year, this new 2023 what do you think is one thing that believers and anyone should focus on this year? I would say freedom, uh, freedom, that it's very possible as believers to be influenced by the enemy. The enemy can attach himself to our souls, to our minds, to our wills, to our emotion. And I think that God is awakening the church globally to say, wake up and stop letting these oppressors oppress us because they're affecting our Bible reading, they're affecting our prayer, they're affecting our Christian walk. So recently, we've done a lot of prayer with Christians for freedom, and we've seen addictions and um, unforgiveness and things that Christians have dealt with for years um, get freedom in a prayer like that. And it's never come back and their whole personalities change or their whole capacities change or their allergies go. And it's all been linked to either ancestral demonic oppression through our DNA, through mm. ancestors, what our ancestors did, just going back and applying the blood of Jesus to any sacrifice or vow or witch or whatever they did, just going back and doing that and breaking their hold uh, over us because Jesus died on the cross and he broke the power of sin and curses, but he didn't mm. break the presence. He didn't take away the presence. So there's still sin in the world and there's still curses in the world, but the Christians have to actively be involved in cutting that and getting free. And we have seen unbelievable fruit in the last I don't know, year, unbelievable fruit where Christians who couldn't read their Bibles for years now can't stop reading the Bible and can't stop praying because they got freedom from an oppression that they didn't realize they had. And sometimes we don't even realize we're oppressed until someone starts telling you, hey, you know that voice in your head? Yeah, that's not you. That's the enemy. And 
you can tell it to go and you can get freedom from that. Or, you know, that sickness you have, you know, that's, you, you don't have to live with that for the rest of your life. You, you can get deliverance from that and get freedom. And so I'm a big fan of helping people uh, find freedom, getting deliverance so that they can be the best Christian uh, possible and live life to the full. Jesus came, you know, it says in John 10, 10, the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus has come to bring life and life to the full. And so that's what the enemy does. He comes to steal your faith, destroy your inheritance, you know, and kill your life. Suicidal mm. thoughts, death thoughts, all that. But Jesus comes to bring life to full. And so if we're not living life to the full, let's get freedom so that we can live life to the full. Amen. So true. Freedom, freedom and living life to that full. And if you just don't mind one more thing, yeah. um, I think it's, it's so amazing that we got this interview with you. And I want to ask if you just pray for everyone who's listening, because it's something that they real they need in their life, wherever they're in. So Sure. No worries. Father God, I thank you for everybody that is watching this podcast right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will be the loudest voice in their ear and no weapon formed against them shall prosper. If anything is attached itself to them, God, I pray that it will detach and leave them now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that we will be Christians that live life and life to the fullest. Father, that we won't fight with one another, but we will stay united, Lord, until the coming of you, Lord, coming to this earth. We love you, we worship you, and we thank you for everything you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Jemima, for joining us today. And thank you, everyone who watched and received something from this. It is such an amazing thing. So thank you once again. And I hope you learned something. I've um, enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to share it. And, you know, follow Pastor Jemima on her social medias, follow Kingdom City, and just tune in to more episodes on the way. Have an amazing week. And remember that God loves you. And there you have it, everyone, an amazing interview with Pastor Jemima Varghese. She spoke such truth, and I hope that it spoke to you personally and gave you secrets and, and keys to unlock your relationship with God and to see Him working in many people's lives. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for more episodes this year and more thought-provoking and interesting interviews. I'm your host, Jaden Gomez, and I hope you have an amazing week. And remember that God loves you. Stay safe and be blessed.